Christ the Cornerstone, would you stand as we sing about his love today? His love makes us alive. There were walls between us. By the cross you came and broke them down. You broke them down. There were chains around us. By your grace we are no longer bound. me out of the grave. You called me into the light. You called my name and then my heart came alive. And your love is greater. Your love is stronger. Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is Cause you're alive 
Come on and give Him praise today. Oh, praise God. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap again. Amen? Hallelujah. Can you say that with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing us to be here today. And I had a Bible verse that I wanted to read to you. We're talking about how great our Lord is, how he loves us. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize just who Jesus is. And we just assume that everybody does, but... I just wanted to bring us to uh, John chapter 1, where John tells us who Jesus really is. Amen? Praise God. I'm waiting for somebody to bring me a Bible. (laughs) Okay, thank you. I'm really together here today, aren't I? (laughs) Praise God. That's all right. The Bible was together. John wrote, in the beginning, the Word already existed. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Sounds like He is God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. He is the light of the world. Amen. And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. And my brothers and sisters, if you want to keep your life on the right track, in the best place it can be, we need to be in the light of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the light of the Word. For the Bible tells us at the entrance of His Word, there is light. Stay in the Word. Paul says, stay in the Spirit. Satan doesn't like that area will shield you to a great degree from the evil that is in this world. Read your Bibles. Play some good Christian music in your house. Spiritually recharge the atmosphere of your home with good Christian things. And God will bless you mightily for it. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to ask Elder Doug Kinnear to come up and he has a prayer for us today. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, Father, we just thank you for that love. You continue to pour upon us. Oh, for little ones as well. Oh, what a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we ask you to be with us this day. Father, just you know, touch our hearts in a special way. Oh, that there might be that desire to, to share your love with others around. Thank you, Father. Father, touch you know, Roger in a special way as well. Oh, Father, the, the words and the, and the insights that you've given him this day would just radiate from him. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, and Father, again, we just thank you for the, the sun that rises every day. And we might be reminded that you are the one that rises, that you have risen, that you give us the opportunity to come to you. Thank you, Father. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you so much, Elder. God bless. You may be seated. Hey, CTC family. I'm Lynn, and here's this week's news. Because we believe that ministering to our children is an important part of what our mission is, our desire is to have a quality staff at our school. We have immediate openings for infant and preschool teachers and before and after care counselors. 
If you want to learn more about these positions, you can call the school office at 302-836-6445 or email our director at sstrickland at ctcde.church. One of the most gratifying things we can do is share our resources with others. Last summer, we held our first yard giveaway event, and it was very successful. We got to meet a number of people from our community and be a blessing to them at the same time. We are planning the second yard giveaway now, so mark your calendars for Saturday, August 14th. We'll have more details in the coming weeks. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus Office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus Office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church or if you're worshiping online, you can hit the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. brothers and sisters and good morning to my brothers and sisters who are not in the room also we're so happy that all of you are here you know I was thinking back to the first song that the praise team sang and it reminded me of when God gave the city of Jericho to Joshua and he said on the seventh day as you're marching around the city when you hear the priests give a long shout on the horn Shout as loud as you can, and the walls will come tumbling down. And your love awakens me reminds me so very much of that. How many of you need walls broken down and tumbling down in your lives? I know I do. (laughs) I know that I do. If you're new here, and this is your very first time, as you leave the celebration room, please make a left and meet someone in our welcome center. One of our pastoral care staff or our church staff will be sure to meet with you, offer you a welcome gift, and make you understand how much we love that you're here praising God with us. If you're new here and you're online, please click the New Here tab. We'll ask you for some confidential information, and someone from Pastor Bill's team will reach out to you after the service. On your table or at your chair, you'll find a welcome, I mean a connect card. If you're online, click the connect tab. Please let us know who's here, your name and everyone that's with you at your table. After the service, we love to connect. So Pastor Roger, Pastor Sharon, Pastor Bill or Pastor Vaughn, they send emails throughout the week just letting you know what's coming what's up and coming. We always want to stay connected with you. And it also gives you an opportunity to list prayer concerns on your Connect card. Pastor Roger, why don't you share that? Speaking of that theme of of being connected is uh, I'm wearing a name tag today. It is one of the key strategies of Christ the Cornerstone that we work to connect people. And so wearing a name tag, I know some people are iffy about wearing name tags, but it's not about you. It's about other connecting with other people. So as you come in the building, uh, when, when you come here, the name tag tables are back out there. We stopped that during COVID because we didn't want people touching things. And I know that we still have to be careful about those things. But if you're willing to put a name tag on so that other people can know who you are, 
And I remember Pastor Paul saying, the, the name tags were not for you. They really for, were for him. And the older I get, they're for me. Because we've got a lot of people here, and sometimes you've seen me struggle up here to remember people's names. And uh, anyway, that's important for us to connect in that way. And knowing people's names is, is a great way to stay connected and share the love of Christ in that way. So I ask you if, you, if you'd cooperate and you're willing to do that, uh, put a name tag on. Also, the, uh, the, the offering that we take and, and we teach, we teach and we want to practice generosity. And we just have some principles that we have that we remind one another of. And today we're looking at principle number 10. And this is the last one. Next week we'll start back with number one. So I, ask, I invite you to read this with me. Would you say this with me, please? We give cheerfully. And uh, there, was a, there was a pastor well, many years ago, more than 30 years ago, when I was in a singing group traveling around in the south, uh, I went to a camp meeting. There was a pa- pastor there named Don Rollins, and he, he was a great gatherer of money for the sake of Jesus Christ. And he would start his offerings all, always, I've got to take my mic off for this, we love offerings. At wherever he was, he would say it like that. So he was a generous, uh, a, a generous receiver of the generosity of the people of God, and I just, I just always remember that. Um, anyway, so here's a scripture verse. I got off track. Let's read this scripture verse together. Also, you must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person. Who gives cheerfully whatever we have to give, whether it's our time, whether it's our attention to somebody, whether it's a talent, a gift, an ability, a skill, whatever it might be. Let's give it generously. The offering place for you to have to to put your connect cards or the offering things are baskets that are by the doors. And so I encourage you to use those. I invite you now to stand as we continue to pray and worship and give ourselves generously, cheerfully in worship to God. Let me offer a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that we have the ability to give because you gave life to us. We can give life to others. What a beautiful thing that is because you're a beautiful and loving God and we worship you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Whatever situation we find ourselves in in life is not too great for God. Amen. Wherever we are, He can bring victory. Let's worship Him. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't breathe. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. Oh, my God will never fail. No, my God will never fail. And I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. Cause the
prosper. Lord, we thank you for the victory that you bring to us. Let's declare this today. You take what the enemy meant. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good, yeah. You take what the enemy Worship you. I worship you. 
Lord, our declaration today is that no matter what we see, no matter what it looks like, no matter what we feel, what we know is that you are at work. Even when I don't see it. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop. Say it again, even Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. And even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. And waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, and you are focused on you, the author and finisher of our faith, because Lord, no matter what it looks like or feels like or sounds like or smells like or tastes like or anything, you are at work in our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you. I just think we need to camp right here for just a second because somebody needs to make a decision today to declare and say to the Lord, I am going to allow you to do in me what you want. So many times we spend our lives asking God to make us into what he wants us to be when what he really wants us to be is who he made us. When we become who He's made us, what He wants us to do will follow. But the enemy will come against you. And when you make a declaration like this today, I'm going to promise you that when you resolve to do this, what we're asking you to do right now, to make this declaration that...
no weapon formed will prosper. Guess what? You're going to get 37 weapons in the mail tomorrow. I'm not kidding. When we declare something and we make that stand and we take that stand on God's word. Mark my words, it's going to be tested. But that's what we're all here for together. That's why we have each other. I want us, before we leave this moment, just the voices to sing that chorus again. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Can we do that together with just the voices? Oh, and you are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Sing it again. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. One more time, you are waymaker. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are, Waymaker. Oh, and you are Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the darkness. My, let's declare it. That is who you are. Let's say it together. Oh, and that is who you Thank you, Lord, for what you're making us into, for who you are making us into. Lord, we give ourselves to you. And Lord, we ask as Pastor Roger comes now to bring the message to us this morning that our hearts would be open to receive from you. That Lord, you would make us to the people you want us to be. That is our prayer. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said together, amen. God bless you. of this series, we learned about the character of Jesus. Now that we know who he is, we can talk about what it's like to live for him. Even though the Christian life has its victories and rewards, we cannot expect it to be without struggles, sufferings, confrontations, sacrifices, trials. But in all these things, Jesus is there, equipping us and bringing us hope. If we give him the chance, even though he asks us to give up everything, he will prove that every step of the journey is worth it. 
Mark my words. What a beautiful time of singing and worshiping God, and I hope you sensed God's uh, presence being with you today as we were singing together. And it's wonderful to be together in the room and uh, so grateful that more and more people are feeling comfortable. We continue to pray that God will keep us all safe, uh, keep us all healthy so that we can continue to gather together uh, and uh, and worship him in so many ways. So this week we continue our series going back. We took a break from Mark My Words, but we're coming back to it now and uh, took a break from it in order to ask the question, God, what did you mean when you said you created humanity, male and female, in your image? And we, we did that. But now we're back to the second part of the Mark My Words series. And like the first part had several, we walked through the chapters of the book of Mark. We're going to walk through the rest of the chapters of the book of Mark. But our question this time is changing. Instead of answering the question, who is Jesus? Now we're answering the question, okay, now that we know who Jesus is, we sang that beautiful song, who Jesus is, you are, way maker, do all these things. Now we're answering the question, what is life with Jesus like? What is Jesus asking us to do? And so today we're answering that question again from the book of nine, book, chapter 9 of the book of Mark. We're answering that question with one word, and that word is Jesus is equipping us. Jesus is preparing us. Jesus is giving us the tools that we need to do something. So we're going to look at a passage, and Jesus is equipping us with many different things, and we're going to look at a passage that is pretty stark. And But he wants us to be prepared for something. So let's turn to Mark chapter 9. Reading verses 30 through 37. Mark chapter 9. In the Bibles that we have here in the room, it's page 800-something when I get there. Mark chapter 9, 839, 38, 39 in the Bibles that we have here in the room. If you're following along, go to Mark. uh, If you're on an app, Mark chapter 9, beginning with verse 30. You know, part of worship, singing is certainly part of worship. Praying is certainly part of worship. Worship has always had a pattern of God speaking to his people and his people speaking back to God. If you look at any kind of worship service, somebody somebody came into church this morning as they came, they handed me a bulletin from a traditional church and I know we don't have we, we, we haven't brought back our papers uh, that we used to have we have some of the papers uh, but even if you look at a traditional worship service and even our worship there are times that we are speaking to God and there are times that we are listening to God and it's this this repetitive pattern in worship sometimes we speak to God in song sometimes We listen to God through song. Sometimes we speak to God through our prayers. Sometimes we listen to God through the prayers of somebody else around us. And so worship, since since even before Jesus came, this is the way God taught His people how to worship Him. It's you don't come here and sit here as a as a spectator. You come here to worship the Lord with everything you do. And you're here to, to talk to God 
and listen to God. And in reading his word, in reading his, I guess that was a freebie. That wasn't part of the message. In reading his word, we are now listening to God. So let's listen to God speak to us. Mark 9, beginning with verse 30. Jesus was leaving that region, and they traveled through Galilee. Now, Jesus did not want anyone to know that he was there. Why? Because he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. You know what, a, what the word disciple means, I hope. Don't make it all churchy and religious. And I think even the word, the fact that we've translated our English translation with the word disciple means that even these English translators have kept this a nice churchy word. Because where else do you go in the world but church and hear the word disciple? Maybe a cult. <laughs> and that's a negative connotation. So I don't know why. Let me put a very modern word here instead of the word disciple. See if I can do that. For he wanted to spend more time with his students. That's what a disciple is. It is a learner. Somebody who is learning something from somebody else. Did you come here today as a disciple, as a student, as a learner? Do When you send your children to school, do you expect your children to go there with an attitude that they're going to learn something? Yeah, I hope you do. Miss Gwen says, yes. The teacher says, yes. Or do you send your children off to school to get them out of your hair? Oh, dear Jesus, forgive us for sending our children off to school so that we can do what we want to do. Our children go to school so that they can learn. And our children are constantly learning. All right, I'm going to jump off into a, another message if I don't stay close to this one. For he wanted to spend more time with his Students, old word is pupils. I don't know if anybody uses that word anymore. And he wanted to teach them. What do you do with students? You teach them. Jesus said, let's get alone. I have something that I want to teach you and I want you to get it. He said to them, now listen to what Jesus is teaching them. This is a hard teaching. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but three days later he will rise from the dead. I'm trying to think what kind of a lesson I could compare that to if I went to school and the teacher came out with such a stark lesson. I don't think it would be mathematics. Maybe it would be the team of the coach. Uh-uh. Let me get those words back, flipped around the right way. Maybe it would be the coach of the team. <laughs> My dyslexia slipped. <laughs> All right, team. We're playing the toughest team in the league. And we're the team that has the, here's a good word, the losingest. <laughs> score <laughs> you like that one <laughs> get ready but we're going to give it our all you're going to be trampled into the mud that guy over there is going to pick you up beneath your knees and you're going to flip over top of his head 
And you're going to be upside down and you're going to land on your back and you're going to get the wind knocked out of you. But you're going to get back up. And you're going to get back on this line and you're going to try it again. Listen to what Jesus is teaching those who say they're following him. It's going to get rough. Your leader is going to die. And he's not only going to die of natural causes, he's going to be killed. And he's not going to be killed by just an accident. He's going to be killed by his enemies who absolutely have the goal of killing him. And they're going to appear to win. But let me tell you this. He will rise again. And he will live. Now we hear that today. And, and we're, we, have, we, we have hindsight to Jesus teaching this to his disciples. But we can't neglect placing ourselves into the feet, into the sandals, into the shoes of those who heard it on that day. He wanted to teach them. He got them alone. He says he will be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. Let's pause that word betray. That means somebody close to him is going to instigate his killing. And now you can understand what are you talking about, Jesus? But three days later, he will rise from the dead. Verse 32 says, they didn't understand what he was saying. Okay, we can understand that. What are you talking about, Jesus? And they were afraid to ask him what they meant. Have you ever been afraid to ask somebody giving you a a confusing message? What does that mean? Yeah, I have. People have told me things, and I don't get that. I remember when I was younger, and I remember when my grandfather died. I don't think, I was, I was probably eight or nine years old when my father's father died. And I don't remember when I realized it, but maybe it wasn't too long after that, that I began thinking about what it felt for my father to experience the death of his father. I, I think most of us who, who are adults have had that kind of maturing experience when we think about what was it like for dad, what did dad feel like when his dad died? And I remember as a child thinking how awful that must be. But then as I grew up and my own dad died, I remember thinking about my son <laughs> and wondering, what is my son thinking about me? And I remember the day that he asked me, Dad, what, what, what did it feel like when your dad died? These are life lessons. And yes, we grow up through these times and we're, we're able to handle the grief this way or that way and, and whatever. And all of us handle grief differently. And by the way, let me put a plug for Pastor Vaughn's Grief Share group that, uh, that, uh, that still goes on. That if, if you are experiencing grief in your life and you need some encouragement or maybe, you're, maybe you think everything's going well as you're walking through uh, those months and maybe even years after a loved one has passed away and you need some encouragement, you need some guidance, 
Maybe you need to guide others through that. Talk with Pastor Vaughn, and uh, there's a grief share group that meets every other week, twice a month in our church. I think the disciples were confused. They were afraid to ask him what it meant. There are times when we have these kinds of deep, meaningful, moving experiences, and we wondered, what's that like? But we're also sometimes afraid to ask. The disciples were afraid to ask. And then verse 33 says, After they arrived at Capernaum and they settled in a house. Now, we know that Peter was from Capernaum, and so I suspect that they had settled in Peter's home. Jesus asked his disciples, What were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was greatest. So let's get the picture here. Jesus says to them, I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise again. They're too afraid to ask, what in the world are you talking about? So instead of asking the master, asking their teacher... Asking their rabbi, what do you mean? They start talking about it amongst themselves. And in their own human minds, they start thinking, oh, he just said to us that he's going to die. I don't know. I don't understand that betrayal part. I don't really get that rise again part. But what I do understand is death. And when the leader dies, somebody's got to take that leader's place. Which one of us is going to be? Can, can, can you picture their conversation as they're walking along the road and how we as human beings, there's, we have a saying, I forgot it. <laughs> That's one saying that we have. Wait, something about a, a vacuum. Leadership abhors a vacuum. Nature. Thank you, Pastor Vaughn. Thank you for the right word. Nature abhors a vacuum. And that, that what that means is if there's a vacuum, if there's an emptiness someplace, something is going to fill it. And that is absolutely true with leadership. And if you don't think that's true, just look at your own family. <laughs> Whenever somebody is in charge of something and everything is in control and that person leaves that position of leadership that everybody feels secure in, everybody else, when that, is, when that vacuum is there, everybody else is trying to fill it with something. And there's chaos often. Nature abhors a vacuum. And that's what the disciples are doing. Jesus has just told us he's going to die. Who's going to take his place? Is it going to be John? No, he's too nice. Is it going to be Peter? He's probably the one. Because remember Jesus said to Peter, I don't know if he said it this time or later in the, in the context of the book of Mark, you are my rock and on you I will build my church. All of you get away because Jesus said to me, I am the rock and on me I am going to build the church. Well, maybe it's Judas. Who is it going to be? I think it's going to be. Jesus knew what they were arguing about, but they didn't bring their arguing to Jesus. They just kept it among themselves. And listen to what he says. And here's the lesson that he wants them to learn. In addition to knowing that he's going to die and he's going to rise again. Never did they expect, well, if Jesus rises again, he will return to take that position of leadership among us. Do you hear what I'm saying is the church? And if you're getting the implication, you need to say Jesus is still in charge of the church. 
Jesus is still in charge of his church. Jesus is still the head of the church. Church. Pastor Roger. Jesus is still the head of the church. Since they didn't understand what he was saying, Jesus says in verse 33, What were you discussing on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them would be greatest. 35 says Jesus sat them down. Jesus sat down. He called the 12 disciples over to him and he said, Whoever wants to be first must take the place, take last place, and serve everyone else. Jesus is not kidding. Leadership, according to Jesus, is all about serving. Jesus' leadership is not about grasping power. Leadership is about serving others. In this world, that is an extremely difficult balance to maintain. We need Jesus to teach us how to do us do that. And then he put a little child among them, taking the child in his arms. He said to them, anyone who becomes who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf, welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also the Father, my Father, who sent me. These are powerful lessons that Jesus is giving to us today. Jesus equips his disciples early with this stark warning. I'm going to die. You're going to falter. I will come again, and I will continue to be your leader. He's preparing them. He's equipping the disciples with mental toughness. And he requires his disciples, as Pastor Pastor Bill prayed this morning during during that last song about making that commitment, Oh, Lord, do in my life what you want me to do. He's looking For us who say we follow him to make this commitment to follow him. It requires mental discipline, toughness. So I got thinking about mental toughness, an example of it, and I came across Navy SEALs. And I found a video. It's copyrighted, so we couldn't show it to you this morning. But the guy's name is Jason Kuhn. And he, he, he was a baseball player, and his dream was to play professional ball. But as he rose through the ranks of, of uh, Division I in college, etc., his anxiety got the best of him. And he failed out of professional baseball because of his anxiety. He went into the Navy. He became a Navy, feel, Navy SEAL. And that's where he confronted the reality of his anxiety in that he says adversity so i think we've got a we've got a saying i think in the in the quote it says everything you go through but adversity that you go through together builds a bond builds trust builds a team What do you think is the key word in this sentence? Now, I know everybody's going to shout out a different word, but 
There's not just one right answer, but there's the right answer that I think is my right answer. What do you think is the most important word in this sentence? Every, uh, I'm going to change the word everything because I got it wrong and told Bill to put, a, put, a, put the wrong word on it. The actual quote is, adversity that you go through together builds a bond, builds trust, builds a team. Builds, trust, team, together, adversity. All these words are important. I focused in on the word together. Had a, had a consult with one of my teachers last night after the service about parts of speech. And she helped me identify the word together is an adverb modifying the word build. How do you do it together? In America... In our Western way of thinking, there are many times when we overvalue our own individuality. But Jesus calls us as the body of Christ to go through things together. Oh, no, I'm, I don't have to go to church because I worship God and I can worship him out on the pond, out on the lake, up on the mountain, down on the beach, because my faith is my faith. But nobody comes to Christ alone. The Bible teaches that when you place your trust in Jesus Christ, you are immediately connected, there's that word again, with all other believers around the world because there is one God, there is one Jesus, and He unites us all together. And Jesus does not call the church to bicker against one another. Jesus does not teach his disciples to bicker with one another. And when the disciples are bickering with one another, they're turned face to face like this. But Jesus says, go into all the world and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, making students of all nations in the world to the ends of the earth. And if we're bickering with each other, how in the world can we do what Jesus asked us to do? And we, in that point, are missing the mark as the church. And we've got to repent of it. Turn around. And when we turn around... And in our unity, because of our faith and our proclamation, I believe Jesus Christ is who he says he is, and I commit my life to follow him. We become a powerful witness of the news of Jesus Christ in this world. And the world will be transformed. What's the mission of our church? To love God and to love all people so that all people may experience the life-changing love of Jesus. We have a strategy for doing that. We use three words to describe the strategy that we have. Love, serve, and engage. Jesus calls us to love him. He says, "Love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself we love we serve 
Jesus calls us and equips us with his Holy Spirit so that we can do as Jesus teaches us to do. He gives us the power both to serve inside the church. There are times when we do serve one another. We pray for one another. We hold each other up. We share what God has given to us with one another. But he also says, go out and serve others in the name of Jesus Christ. And so we take the gifts that God has given to us and we go into the world and we serve others in Jesus' name. We heal them. Matthew 4.23 describes Jesus as going out throughout the region, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news, and healing all kinds of sickness and disease. He served the people. And we engage one another. We build one another up, but we also engage the world and invite them to place their trust in Jesus Christ also. And every time we turn inward and we get angry at somebody in the church and we start bickering with somebody else or we start complaining about this or we start complaining about that, we absolutely lose our witness to the world. Jesus is asking us to make a commitment to follow him and to do what he says. (laughs) Not what I think he says. Not even when I disagree with it. Sometimes, not even when I recognize Jesus, I can't do that. He equips us. Jesus equips us to do what he wants. Okay. We're moving through this message. (laughs) Matthew 16, verse 25, puts it this way. Oops, Matthew. Let's start with verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Take up your cross. It's an interesting phrasing. At this time in Jesus' life and in this time, we, we hear those words in retrospect to Jesus' death and resurrection. And so when we hear Jesus taking up the cross, we think of Jesus when he took up his cross and carried it to Calgary. And he died. But the disciples hadn't seen Jesus do that yet. So when Jesus said, take up your cross, what did they think about? Crucifixions were a common way of executing criminals, even in those days. So when Jesus told his disciples to take up their cross, they didn't think about, oh, yes, that's a nice little romantic phrase that Jesus went to the cross. He died to forgive my sins. But the good news is he rose again. They didn't know that then. All they thought of was that criminal that they saw paraded through the city with people standing beside him throwing rocks and insults at that criminal as he carried that beam to his death. So what Jesus is saying when he tells us to pick up his cross, pick up our cross, he's saying to us, this is a one-way road. Following Jesus is a one-way road. It is a commitment It is a destination from which there is no return. 
Oh my gosh. Are you committed to Jesus? Today's a day to make a decision. Today's a day to renew a decision. Jesus, I'm sorry I take you for granted. I'm sorry, Jesus, that I only call you when I think I need you. I only call you when I'm sick. I only call you when I need money. I only call you when I'm afraid. And I'm not doing what you want me to do. I'm just taking from you what you promise you'll give me. And Jesus is merciful. Jesus will give us what we need. But he calls us to commit ourselves, to take up the cross, to follow him in a direction from which there is no return. Your life will never be the same again. And the life that Jesus has to give to you is a life eternal because he is the risen Christ. And he will give us life again now and forever. That's the truth. The only way to experience that is to trust in him. So there's our invitation for today. Jesus is equipping us, but he's equipping us to go down this road. And he's asking us to decide today, make a commitment. I will follow you, Jesus. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to learn. I'm not just going to be a disciple in a spiritual sense, but I'm going to be a student who doesn't learn it until I act on it. And I can read the Bible all I want, but if the Bible doesn't teach me, if I'm not acting on what the Bible teaches me to do, I haven't learned it yet. We've got to do what Jesus teaches us to do. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's the Holy Spirit's here today. Working with somebody. So I'm inviting you as we... Sing as we continue to pray. Here's the invitation. You're online. Maybe God's saying to somebody, as Pastor Bill sensed, there's somebody, I think there are multiple people, who are being confronted with a decision. Am I going to be serious about following Jesus? Or am I just going to call myself a disciple? Because it sounds good. Because Grandma wants me to do it. (laughs) Because Mom wants me to do it. Let's follow. Let's commit ourselves to follow Jesus with everything we've got. I invite you to stand with me if you're online. We'll continue to sing and pray. And, and let's stand together as we, uh, as we have our time of prayer. You can come here at the platform area. Commit your life to Christ. Maybe for the first time, this is, today's the day for you to say, Jesus, I've been messing around too much and I need to follow you. I don't understand why, but there's something about it, God, that you're calling me to, to do this. So I'm just going to say, God, I'm going, to, I'm going to trust you, Jesus. Come in and forgive all my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross. Give me that new life that you promised to give to me. I don't know what Pastor Roger's talking about. I don't know that I've really ever experienced it. But Holy Spirit, come and bring it into my life in a fresh and new way. Amen. Let's pray together. Let's sing. The front area is open if you want to come and pray. There will be folks at the prayer stations if you need somebody to pray with you. Before we move any further, I don't want to take for granted that everybody, I don't necessarily know everybody in this room, so I don't want to take for granted. Maybe you don't know this Jesus we're talking about. Maybe you're watching us online and you don't know this Jesus that we're talking about.
Well, that can be different right now. If you're online, you can fill out one of our Connect cards if you need to connect with us in terms of asking for prayer. If you want to meet or talk with a pastor uh, or someone, we have some prayer counselors that can walk you through that on our online campus. If you're here in the room and you need to meet Jesus, He is here. Amen? And that can be different before you leave this room. So let's worship Him today.
salvation. It purchased for us eternal life. And Lord, as you are equipping us to become the people that you want us to be, we need that. So Lord, today, as we leave this place, we pray that your Holy Spirit would go with us, strengthen us, and empower us to be the people that you want us to be. And then what you want us to do will follow after that. We thank you for that. Lord, bless our families and our homes. Give us favor this week. Anoint us and bless us, we pray. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. As you go today, there will be still some people that are available to pray with you. Uh, if you're watching us online, our uh, online host will be available for another 15 or 20 minutes. If you need someone to pray with you, God bless you. Have a great week.